Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. The 23rd Psalm. We're going to spend the next six weeks, right up until Easter, in the 23rd Psalm. There are six verses in the 23rd Psalm. And each week we'll take a verse, and each week we'll tie it in with Jesus' life and ministry on his road to the cross. The 23rd Psalm. I encourage you to memorize it, if you haven't already. Make it your own. Make it your jam. I don't think kids say that anymore. It is a TV show. That's my jam. But make it your psalm. Hey, we all have our songs, right? I hear Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi, and that's my song. (laughs) Make this your song. And when you memorize it or think about it or dwell in it, it's one of those psalms where each word, each word has such meaning. We'll talk about it more as we go through the message this morning. But what I want you to do, rather than stand in reverence for God's word, I want you to bow your heads in reverence for God's word. And over the next six weeks, I'll be reading the 23rd Psalm from the New King James Version. Dave O'Pray shaking his head yes. So is Nina and others. But that's just the one that resonates. So would you bow your heads with me as I read the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
And Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this psalm. I thank you for how we're we're just reminded of who you are in all your goodness. And thank you for the goodness and the benefits that you bestow on us. Thank you for all the grace. The grace that we heard about in the special music this morning. Now, Lord, I pray that you continue to bless our time together. May you bless your word as it's preached. May only your word be spoken and help me, Lord, to speak it with clarity. Help us to see how we can live out your word as we obey you. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. What's great about the Psalms is they're so real and sometimes raw. The psalmist will often voice complaints about the pains of this life and the pains of sickness. We know what that's like, huh? We can relate. But this psalm begins and ends with words of grateful acknowledgement of the never-failing goodness of God. And this morning, we're just going to spend a minute in verse 1. In fact, maybe this week, that's the verse you could just say over and over again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And even taken word by word. The Lord. You know what that means, folks. It's in all capital letters. The Lord and all his fullness. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord, Dallas Willard puts it like this. He describes our Lord As the glorious, eternal, all-sufficient, omniscient. Let me. (laughs) I told you I'm tired. (laughs) Thank you. We all need grace, don't we? Dallas Willard describes our Lord as the glorious, Eternal, all-sufficient, omnipotent, creator of the universe, whose greatness surpasses anything that we could ever imagine. He is unlimited in resources, just as he is unlimited in love, and he is the good shepherd who generously provides for our every need. As Christians, we are in the care of someone else. We are not in charge. We have taken our kingdom and surrendered it to the kingdom of God. And the word that stood out to me in preparation for this morning is, is. The Lord is, not was. Not has been, not could be, should be, or hopefully not will be. The Lord 
is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd this morning? Is he the authority in your life? We'll talk about that more later. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Better translation, I shall not lack. I shall not be in want. Because in him is everything we need. And all that lines up with what Jesus taught. What did Jesus teach in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you as well. Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, he is the good shepherd. Turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, He abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks, attacks the flock, and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Again, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, And I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. He laid his life down for us. But before he did that, he lived life just like we live life. Just like we have life. Jesus is fully God and fully human and not long after his baptism Jesus was led from his baptism into the wilderness that's how it happens isn't it oftentimes we have the high points the next thing we know it's all downhill from there and we read about it in Matthew chapter 4 The wolf attacks. It's funny, because in John chapter 10, we read about the wolf. Peter said, be on your guard, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We're talking about the good shepherd. Before he fought Goliath, David said to Saul, hey, When I was watching the sheep, I used my sling to kill 
the lion and the bear. Anyway, now we're talking about wolf. We're talking about the enemy, huh? The enemy likes to come at us. But in our shepherd, we have everything we need. Matthew chapter 4, verse verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Anyone here ever been tempted? All right, three of us. Glad I'm not alone. So, Jesus can relate with the three of us. He was tempted just as we are. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And what does the enemy do? The enemy attacks while we're weak. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. How about that? The devil tells Jesus what to do. Like, gives him an order. Jesus shows us how to battle temptation. We have only one authority. We answer to only one authority. Jesus responds with the word. In fact, that's how he responds to every temptation, with the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. And what does he say? It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's why this is so important. And I just want you to know, sometimes this is hard to understand, Nathaniel, Captain Obvious, up there, we already knew that. But don't let that discourage you from reading it. Because when you read this and you're like, what does this mean? That's why you have pastors. And now pastors have these things called telephones. (laughs) Cell phones. And we would love to help guide you. If you have a question about God's word, call me or Pastor Denny or send a text or, hey, Brianna, talk to us. We want to help you because we need to know the word because it's the authority in our lives. The devil wasn't done, was he? Verse 5 says, Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the sun. Yeah, test the word of God, Jesus. Prove it. Prove you are the Son of God. Do something flashy. 
That might get some attention, huh? Jump off the highest point. Let the angels catch you. That'll get people talking. Then everyone will know you are the son of God. Do something spectacular, Jesus. People like spectacular. Let me tell you something about my experience and what God's word says. Flashiness, spectacular, showiness is also often a sign of shallow faith. Think about it. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, who like to be seen by everybody, and they like to have their tassels long and the brim of their hat wide, so everybody knew that they were always in the Scripture. That was thunder. That was weird. But think about it. Jesus warned about the pagans who liked to pray in front of everybody. So everybody knew how holy they were. And they'd get the praise from people. That showiness was shallowness, really. Jesus said, but when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, so your Father in heaven can see what is done in secret. Jesus showed us how it's done, didn't he? He showed us that this is about obedience. Obedience to God. Not to prove something. It's about listening, obeying, and following only one voice. Not our own glorification. And what would lead to that? He spoke plainly about it. Now this is nuts, because it just thundered. And I'm going to a story about thunder. John chapter 12. There were some Greeks who wanted to see Jesus, and they said to Philip, Hey, take us to Jesus so we can see him. We're not going to read about the thunder part. I just mentioned it because it's nuts. It's crazy. After Jesus talks, after what we read, later on there's a voice from heaven and people thought it was thunder. I haven't interpreted that thunder yet, so I don't think it was a voice from heaven. (laughs) But John, John chapter 12, listen to what the Son of God says. He didn't prove he was the Son of God by jumping off the highest point in the temple. Something spectacular, something flashy, something showy. Listen to how we know he was the son of God. Listen to the example he gave us. So these Greeks, they said to, to, to Philip, hey, sir, we'd like to see Jesus. So Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew went And Philip, in turn, went to Jesus, and Jesus' reply was this. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. 
unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Jesus was obedient, obedient to death, even death on a cross. And he calls us not to be flashy Christians. Not to let everybody know how holy we are. But to be like him. To die to ourselves and live for him. And that leads to the third temptation that the devil put out there to Jesus. Go back to Matthew. Chapter 4. Oh yeah, we got to get to Jesus' answer. Jesus answered the devil. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He wasn't going to jump off that temple He proved he was the son of God in the end, didn't he? If you're listening to the podcast, that's where you wave your hand. Jesus proved he was the son of God in the end. Amen. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. There's one time in Scripture where we're told to put God to the test. Have fun finding it. (laughs) I'll give you a hint. It's in the Old Testament. It's in Malachi. Yep, have fun finding it. Verse 8, Matthew chapter 4. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world and all their splendor. All this I will give you. See, he's going back to Jesus. You could have all this. Don't you want all this? Doesn't that sound like our culture? Don't you want all this? Do it for yourself. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil was trying to get Jesus to compromise. He does the same thing today. He's got the same old stupid tricks. But people fall for it. We fall for it. We compromise our faith, give up our faith to live life on our own terms. 
so we can get what we want. So we can feel good because that's what makes us happy because we're human. That's what we need, right? YOLO, you only live once. We don't worship ourselves. We don't worship anything else. We worship God and serve only one God. So when the wolf attacks, do what our shepherd, the good shepherd, did. And he's a sly old fox. Man, he's got a lot of names, our enemy, doesn't he? I'm reminded, I learned a poem when I was like two or three. The devil, he's a sly old box. I like to catch him and put him in a box. He's a sly old fox. I like to catch him and put him in a box. Then I lock him up, throw away the key, and something about he won't bother me. But you don't have to use nursery rhymes. You don't have to use nursery rhymes. We have the word, the authority in our lives. And his word is where we hear his voice and follow his voice. And as we follow his voice, we serve only him. He is our God. He is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.